Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. Glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm on cool. Me too. You're doing great. Yeah. Telling true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on cool. Is that my advice to you? And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Life big. All right, go bros. We have a great guest today, Mr. Dan Grieb, coming out of Orlando, Florida. And I'm excited about uh, this interview. This is going to be a good one. Dan, welcome to the Go Bros. Yes, oh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. And why don't you give the Go Bros a five-minute rundown on your life story from the day you were born till today? All right, great. Well, my name is Dan Grieb. I originally am from Long Island, New York. I uh, am the product of a single mom, uh, grew up playing sports, really was kind of misunderstood as a kid and found my love in lacrosse. Um, in lacrosse, I was able to become an All-American in high school and unfortunately was unable to accept a scholarship out of because I got hit in the head with a bottle broke my skull bone and cut my temple artery and almost bled to death at 19. Instead of, uh, you know, moving on, I thought my life was kind of over at that point because everything that I had invested was in lacrosse and in athletics, my value was 100% in that. You know, I was really looking for something to do with my life and, uh, and I struggled to find it. And out of dumb luck, a college out of Central Florida called the University of Central Florida offered me an opportunity to play football there, not knowing that I was injured. And uh, I obviously didn't tell him that I was injured, walked on to the team, ended up making the team, played three years for the University of Central Florida Knights football, and uh, discovered that I did not need a college degree to be a police officer, which was my goal at that time. Here in Florida, uh, it was not necessary, and I could actually just sign up for the police academy. So I signed up for the police academy, went to the police academy, uh, ended up being our top shooter, class leader, you know, rose right to the top and got offers right out of the academy to be a police officer. Started my career with the Longwood Police Department. You know, had a lot of awards and, and promotions in that. Ended up working for a regional uh, drug unit um, task force, they call. Uh, and then I actually ended up working for a federal task force with the DEA for a couple of years. Had a complete blast. And found myself years into my law enforcement career uh, married with two kids and making just enough money to be broke all the time. I'm sure a lot of the folks have experienced the same thing that are listening to this, Pat. And, um, and I said, I got to do something different. And at the time, you know, I had, I had two kids. I was living in a house that I really wasn't satisfied with. I was policing an area that I could never afford to live in. On my cur current salary, no matter how hard I worked, how many cases I made, no matter how I progressed, I just really wasn't going to make the money to live in that neighborhood, at least not as quickly as I needed to, to be involved in my children's life. So I looked for another way. And at the time, I really looked at three options. Number one, 
be an attorney. I mean, I was a police officer, so therefore that makes me naturally smarter than all attorneys. Just go to law school. I realized that would involve more schooling and more debt. So I kind of said, I don't have enough time for that. Um, at the time, I was a paramedic. So I'm like, well, I could go be a nurse practitioner or, or a physician's assistant. And that could make me 100000 My goal was to make 100000 a year. However, that had the same issue, more debt, more schooling, more time away from the family. And I said, well, that's not an option. And at that time, I had a couple of friends that were selling real estate. And I, uh, and I noticed that to make $100,000, you had to sell 20 houses. So I said, uh, I'm going to take that as an option and uh, got into real estate. And when I signed up to be a real estate agent, I actually had $3,000 in the bank. I literally didn't have enough money to quit my job and to start this entrepreneurial track of mine. However, I just did because I figured like that was the better option than staying on as a cop. Fast forward 10 years, I've been in real estate. Um, I've been very successful. I've created a business. I've got investment properties. And now I'm the first uh, millionaire in my family. I'm really, truly blessed uh, for the life I have. And what I've learned is that it's not about how many houses I sell. It's about the leader I become. And the more that I can understand leadership, the better I can be at um, being a true entrepreneur. Now, along the way, I lost focus and I you know, made the money. I had a great family. I had a great relationship with my kids, but my health started to suffer. I actually ballooned all the way up to 310 pounds. And that's when I was introduced to GoBundance right around that time. And we we attended an event here in Orlando, Florida. Pat, I think you were there. Um, and what I noticed is that uh, we would play ultimate Frisbee. And I was embarrassed to take my shirts off to be shirts and skins. I was embarrassed to be skins. I was pretty athletic. I was chasing the guys around at 310 pounds. I was making plays. I was doing all the things I could do. But I was embarrassed about my body image. And I saw all these other badasses in front of me that had the money. They had the family. They had the business. They had the relationship with their children. They had you know, whatever their religions were, they seemed to have that all together. And they also had their physical in check. And it really opened my eyes up to the fact that you can have it all. So when I left, I said, you know, I really want to take a good hard look at this. Uh, fast forward another two years, three years, and uh, I've lost 110 pounds. I now weigh under 200 pounds. And I've completed Whoa. my first full Ironman. And I've, uh, this year, I've completed at least 10 triathlons and four of them being sprint triathlons i've been able to get myself ranked in the top 200 in my age division of all ironmen in the state of florida and uh also i think in the nation by the end of the year i'll really know and um it's just the power of association and the power of what's possible and i'm really thankful to go abundance and i'm really glad that i could talk about those core issues with the gentlemen that are going to be listening to this call about this concept of you don't have to limit your life you can really have it all and if GoBundance has taught me anything, it is that you can really have it all. And, um, and that's, that's the message that I'm going to mostly talk about on this call today is about the tr transformation in my body. It's not just a body transformation. It's a whole life transformation. And a large part of that has been to the example of our elders and to the men that have gone in front of me in GoBundance. Jeez. Okay. Well, that's the show for today, guys. <laughs> No, just kidding, man. That was awesome. That was uh, you got quite the uh, you got quite the story there. I mean, I got like a million questions here. That was man, you've been through so much. All right, well, let's let, let first of all tell me about the bottle on the head at nineteen. I don't remember hearing that story. Who who hit you with the in the head with a bottle? Yeah, so I'm from Long Island, New York, and in New York we have you know 
segregated neighborhoods, what we did when I was there in 1994. And basically, you know, we have a major roadway called Hempstead Turnpike. And, you know, you know, my life was going really well. I just become an All-American in lacrosse. I'm getting all these accolades. I'm getting college scholarships to colleges I never thought I could get into. And, um, and so what did I do? I was 19 years old. I'm Irish. What do Irish kids do when they're 19 years old? They go to the bar and they get drunk. So I went with all my friends and we got drunk and I was smart enough not to drink and drive. So I had someone else actually driving my car, driving me home. And, you know, in New York, like I said, segregating neighborhoods, you have the white neighborhood, the black neighborhood, Hispanic neighborhood, Italian neighborhood, Polish neighborhood, kind of, and they all intersect on one roadway. And I was leaving from one neighborhood to another. And we were in a bad area of town just se that separates where I lived in East Meadow, Westbury from where I was, which is a place called Rockville Center. And uh, we were traveling on Hempstead Turnpike, and we were actually in a place called Hempstead, which is a really bad area, kind of like the Baltimore area uh, where you were from, Pat. And, uh, you know, we stopped at a stoplight, and uh, we could, you know, there were a couple of guys on the corner that were saying something to us, like, what are you doing in our neighborhood, all this nonsense. And I normally would be the first one out of the car at that time in my life, and I would be fighting. However, I knew I had too much at stake, so I started actually rolling up the window and saying, not tonight, nope, not tonight, not going to get involved in this nonsense. So I'm rolling up the window, and uh, all of a sudden, I hear my window smash. And, um, and I went from drunk to really drunk, like crazy drunk. Everything in my slowed down. I remember it like it was yesterday. I look over at the driver, and his face is just like horrified. And I'm thinking like his name was Pat as well, actually. And, and I was thinking, why is Pat so, uh, so horrified right now? And then I like slowly in slow motion look at the windshield, and the whole windshield shield has is covered in blood i mean so much that pat literally has to use his hands for us to see i had been hit in the head with a bottle they threw a bottle at our car and i was rolling up the window and as i rolled up the window it hit the window and as a result of hitting the window skipped up and hit me behind the ear and cut my temporal artery and i was literally spewing blood out of my um temple artery and bleeding to death now I don't know how I knew this to do this. I, I guess I just did it. I stuck my fingers in my freaking brain and, uh, and was able to slow the bleeding. And I was really drunk, so I had thin blood. So that meant I had more blood. And, uh, and I was five miles away from our trauma center in Long Island, the whole trauma center for Long Island. So Pat drove me directly to the trauma center and uh, the doctors there saved my life, literally passed out on the floor in the emergency room. They had to pick me up, wheel me in, blood all over the emergency room floor, waiting area. And um, then Pat saved my life. And uh, that's how- Did the, did the police um, catch the guy that threw the bottle? No, no, no. We have no idea who they were. There's just a bunch of guys standing on the corner when I was there. And you know, we took off. We didn't, we, I couldn't even tell you what they looked like. I know, I know it was a bunch of black guys. They're all wearing jackets, but I don't know what it, what it is. And they, you know, they were just doing what they, what happened in our neighborhood. You know, it was the same way in some of the white neighborhoods I lived in. If you were lived in East Meadow and you went to Hicksville and, uh, and, and you were in that neighborhood at the wrong time and they knew that you weren't from that town, they would probably beat you up. So, um, or throw bottles at you, just throw to, bottles at you, whatever, you know, not run the red light. Right. So the whole idea was to get them to run the red light yeah. or just, beat the hell out of you one or the other you know like that's what they were trying to do all right so let's get into some nitty-gritty here dan first of all what percentager are you right now i'm at like the 38 percent mark which is really good considering three years ago i was at the zero percent mark okay and so what are your monthly family expenses 
a hundred thousand. I'm um, sorry, monthly, roughly eleven thousand. Eleven thousand. So you got about four grand coming in horizontally every month, right? And what does that make up? Where, where does that four grand a month come from? Yeah. So mostly rental properties. I do have profit share with Keller Williams. I have a few profit interests in businesses related to real estate. And that's where the consistent 4,000 a month comes in from. Okay. How many rental properties you got? Right now I'm, I, I'm a partner or an owner in 19. However, I have seven of my own. Wow. So you got seven of your own and you're a part, what kind, what percentage partner are you in 19? Well, 13, uh, 12, 13, I'm uh, just a 30% partner in those. However, I think I've discussed this with you before. When I had no money, the only way that I was going to get anybody to partner with me is if I told them, hey, I'll find the deals, I'll manage them, and you just give me ownership interest in them when you sell them. And I had these millionaires out of Louisiana, just God's timing, God's luck that I met when the market was down. And um, I helped them buy properties for $600,000 that are now worth over $2 million dollars. And my deal with them is that I have no skin in the game, none of my own money other than the commissions on the buy side and the sell side, but I can own up to 30% as long as I manage them and uh, keep them occupied and pay my expenses of any losses until they're ready to sell. And we, I have performed and the properties have performed and these properties have always been said from the beginning that they could be held for my lifetime and never be sold or they could be sold at any time. So, um, Patrick and Stacy, who are the two guys, it just happens to be a lot of Patrick's today, that I do, I'm in partnership with. They manage the money. They manage the timelines of that. And I manage so, the property. Yeah, it would, it would seem like you should be getting more than 4000 a month. I mean, what do you think all these things are? What do you think all of those are worth? Well, total value, they're worth over $2 million now. However- okay, $2 million total, right? Correct. Not including your seven, right? Correct. Okay, so- so you own 30%, right? So that would be 600,000. Right. You know, um you should be getting 60 grand a month or more off the rents. How how do you only trickle down to and and let's say 30% of 60 is 20. Mm -hmm. And then you got expenses and that trickles down to 4. What about your 7? Do you get any money off of those 7? I don't. And my deal is that all of my percentage of the profit share or the cash flow is reinvested until we sell. And that's how I earn my 30% ownership. So, okay. So the 17, you, you don't get any distributions. That was a deal you worked out. Well, the only thing you get is 30% of the upside. Correct. As long and, and, and I just have to manage the properties and, and we're you in manage, for, manage the properties and then you get 30% of the upside. Okay. So that was kind of like an equity deal, right? More of an equity deal. Right. So okay. I have ownership interest in them, but I don't call them profit, you know, profit. Yeah, you don't make any money off them. Right. So then you make 4,000 a month off, off your seven, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. I got you. Now it makes a little more sense. Cause I'm like, damn, you know, that's a lot of liability, a lot of, you know, a lot of properties only be making four G's a month. Shit. I mean, I got one, you know, one house I make four grand a month on. So, well, the good um, news here is that um, when I say manage them, I literally have a management company that I don't own, a management company here in my office that manages all these properties. And all I legitimately do now is I'm responsible for the credit card. Like, I actually approve, the, approve any expenses we have. And if we have a major issue that requires big dollars have to be paid, then I just have to write a check. And I haven't had a major issue 
since we started, but I could at any point. I manage the company credit card. I manage the account and I manage the manager. So I, I'm really lucky to have this deal. It's a lot better than you'd think. I'm in business with amazing human beings. Um, when I say 12 or 13, it could be 14 properties because I've maxed out on my contributions to them through you know, our, our uh, cash flow. And they actually are buying properties in Louisiana. And just because they're amazing human beings will call me up randomly and say, we had another property. Now, these guys are from Louisiana and they're kind of country boys. They're called Kunasses, where they're from. And they tell me, Dan, PDS, which is the name of our group, Patrick, Dan, and Stacy, um, had a baby. And they're like, what is having a baby? What do you mean we had a baby? Well, we made so much money this year that rather than take distributions, we decided to buy another property with the money we made. And we're oh, included you on that. And it's just freaking unbelievable. Well, then, because that's be great for you because because technically they didn't have to do that. They could have just cashed out on it. They could have um, just said, that's not your money. Like, I'm yeah, not they could have said, that's not your money. Yeah, because really, it's in their backyard too, Pat. I mean, it's not even here in Orlando. I've never even seen these properties. And they manage them themselves. They just, they're just amazing human beings. And I hope one day that I grow up to be that giving, um, that humble and that giving in my life. Because these guys did not have to help me. They did not have to give to me. And they've done so much to help me throughout my career. It's just unbelievable blessing. So go on. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Okay, cool. So let's talk vertical. So you got your real estate team uh, is your vertical income. What was your vertical income over the last 12 months? What would you say your net income is there? My net income is like 450 and my um, gross is like over a million. It's 1.1. Okay. And um, let's talk about your life happiness index. Um, what's your LHI number? It's at 8.5 right now. And the only reason why it's not like in the nine, which I would really like to get to there, is that I just have some unresolved conflicts with you know, family members that I feel like drag me down. And I don't mean my immediate family, like my brothers and, you know, things that generationally have cursed our family that I just haven't gotten over or dealt with. And I just feel like it needs to be dealt with. And if I'm going to be honest and hold myself accountable, I have to recognize that that just affects my life happiness. How, how are you going to deal with that? Well, I, I mean, it's a, it's a slippery slope. I come from a long and distinguished line of degenerates and bad human beings. And so it's tough to find alignment, especially with the level of success I have in my life um, with them, because if they feel threatened, then we go right back to not talking anymore or not having a relationship. I have an older brother that I haven't spoken to for 10 years. And, um, and unfortunately, I, I don't know that we will ever get to a point where we can talk again. So it sounds like you almost like don't want to. Well, I mean, I want to. I, I would love to have nephews that came and spent the summer with me. I have a big house and I'd love to have right. that. I just don't have that relationship. And, I, and, and maybe, I, maybe the work required is too much or maybe it's just not the right time yet. I, I don't know. I, I can say that I have put forth effort over the years to bridge gaps and do those things. Um, but it, it's just, you know, there's a lot of family dynamics that just weigh that stuff down. And I have to make a decision sometimes whether that energy is better spent with my family and kids and those that actually respect me and love me, or if I need to try to repair a relationship that may be unrepairable and just recognize the fact that that may not happen. Yeah. And that's, and then, you know, I guess the, yeah, that's interesting because I'm going through some of that in my life too. And, 
you know, I guess for the time being, 8.4 is fine and, and recognizing that that's bringing it down. I guess eventually what will happen is one of two things, either, or there's something will happen externally where, you know, suddenly they'll show up uh, in the way you want them to show up, or mentally you'll be like, um, my family's great, and, and maybe not even consider them uh, family, I guess. I'm just trying to see mentally, this is all in your mind, so it really doesn't matter, right? And then eventually that, you know, that low number, that five or six or whatever family uh, is right now currently for you, um, will we'll, we'll jump to a nine because, well, you've deleted them from your family. It's weird. It's like, uh, I don't know how to react to that, but uh, I think it's okay. It's just okay. Well, once, I, once I no longer feel bad about it, either because I've, resigned my fact that that's the reality and I can't change it um, is when I think that is the right time to, you know, uh, make that change on the, uh, on the life happiness index until then I just have to recognize the fact that, you know, it's dragging me down and, I, and I'm okay with it and, and I'm dealing with it and, you know, time heals a lot of those wounds. Sometimes it's just time away heals that. And maybe I'll just feel differently about it. So I, I get it. I think Did, all men struggle with this at some level too. It's just, are we really going to be real about it and either say I'm going to deal with it or I'm wounded by it and just be honest that you're wounded by it and then start the recovery process. Did, um, okay. Well, yeah, that's cool. And so I, you know, 8.4 is a good number. You know, certainly we've had a lot of people on the show in sixes and sevens. So yeah, so that's good. I'm curious, what was it? Be, do you remember what it was before, you know, when you weighed 310? You know, I would say it was, if I was honest, I, I, let's just talk about transformation. I mean, you know, I had a body transformation, but I also had a mental transformation. A lot of that has to do with the association of the people you're around. You know, I'm around, I have a, a pod that started in Orlando when I signed up and those same people meet every week. And so they've impacted my life tremendously, like amazingly. So I can't really tell you the difference. I can just say, I remember the old me and I remember the new me as a result of the transformation of the associations. And I, would, I can only say my, my number was probably closer to like five, if I was really honest and, mm. and, and really um, transparent. However, now that I really understand that you can have it all and I really am around people that are living epic freaking lives and doing epic freaking things, the sky becomes the limit as long as I continue to believe that I belong in that crowd. Yeah, yeah. What, um, what's your net worth? Right now, it's 1.7 million. And what's your give back ratio? So if you're giving back 170,000 a year, that'd be 10%. If you're giving back 1,700 a year, that would be 1%. I would say in give back in dollars, I'm probably, and I really didn't track that number. I should do a better job of that. I would probably say I'm closer to like the 15% range. 15? Um, really? Yeah. So you give back, that's a lot of money. I mean, so if you're, uh, no, 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 actually, no, I'm sorry. I, I did your net worth. Your give, your give back is on the money that you make, which is the 450 plus the four. So half a million bucks. So your give back, how much is, how much money do you give back? Let's say so, somewhere around 10 to $12,000. Okay. So I own a charity. So I raise a lot of money for, from other people and distribute it. And I'm on the board of directors for a charity where I raise money and distribute it. So I think I give back more in leadership than I do in money. And I have a philosophy that your money is cheap and your leadership is expensive. Like I could write bigger checks and be less involved or I can be more involved and write smaller checks. And as a result, the impact is much larger. 
if I can mobilize the GoBundance group to go find any task, any mission, and all of us to use our leadership on it, we could eradicate it. Or we could write a really, really big check and the problem would still stay around. Because wow. our leadership is so much more powerful than our money. And it's because of what we can do with our leadership. I know that I raise far more money than I could ever write a check for. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, that's great. So, you know, what, what some people like Pat Cullinan have done is they've taken the, the amount of time spent in the charity. And maybe we should add a portion of this to um, the money raised, actually. You know, that's a good point, actually. We could even make that in addition to the one sheet. Um, but you could, it really should be three things. It should be money, money given, hours given, and money raised, right? Um, so tell me about your charity and how much did you raise in the last 12 months? Right. So I have one charity called One More Kid and the concept behind that charity, and it was me. You know, I was One More Kid. I didn't play soccer unless someone else uh, paid for me to play soccer as a kid. I oftentimes watched a bus leave to a field trip that I was not on, and I would feel like I wasn't good enough. Like I felt really bad as a kid because I wasn't included or I didn't have the shoes the other kids had or I didn't I wasn't able to do what they were able to do. And we're talking basic stuff sometimes. And, um, and I made a decision when, if I ever had an opportunity to, to have wealth, that I would make sure that other kids didn't feel like I felt and that I would return dignity to children. And that's what one more kid does. We raise annually somewhere around $40,000, which we distribute out 100% of it. Uh, we do not take any fees. We do not, um, we do not pay anybody. Uh, 100% goes back out. And then I'm on the board of directors for a sister charity that's very similar to us. I focus on kids who are mostly like need the dignity return, paying for kids to play soccer, making people feel like they're good enough, um, things like that. And then my sister charity, which is called One Heart for Women and Children, focuses on women, obviously, and children. I'm on the board of directors for them. And for them, I've raised close to a hundred thousand dollars, um, in the last two years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would say you're probably, once you add it all together, um, you know, a 15% or we, we, we got to work, we should work on that together, how we could get Pat Cullinane involved in and work on that together. Um, how we can figure that out on the one sheet, but let's, let's get to your favorite topic of the day right now, which is health. What do you weigh today? I weigh just under 200 pounds, like 198 to 200, depending upon the day. Okay, cool. So you dropped 110. And so uh, what's your body fat, Dan? It's actually 18%. Okay. And um, what is your diet like? Well, I, I, I want to preface this by saying that, you know, one of the things that I said that I would do with my life is that I would let my life be an example for other people that struggle with issues that I struggled with. And, you know, I've had a lot of things happen to me. You know, I was abused as a kid. You know that, all those things. And the way in which I deal with things throughout, you know, my years have been different. When I was younger, I was very violent. When I was older, I was very sad. When I got wealth and couldn't behave the ways I did then, and I had a religious conversion, I started eating and using food as my way to deal with stress and my, my life that had hit me. And, um, and when I, when I decide, anytime I decide to make a major change in my life, if it's worthwhile, I want to be transparent about it. I want people to know like, this is what I did. It worked. If you want to try it, try it yourself. You know, if you don't, no problem. If you have any questions, call me, I'll tell you the truth. 
because I feel like a lot of people find solutions, but they're embarrassed to tell the truth about it. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story and then I'll tell you how I, how my diet and how this all played itself out, Pat. So I remember one time being 310 pounds and walking up to someone that I knew was like heavy, like me, like big and saying to them like, Oh my God, you look fantastic. They had lost like a lot of weight. And I like, you look fantastic. How did you lose all this weight? And they told me like diet and exercise. I'm like, which diet? And they like told me the Atkins diet or some crazy diet. I'm like, all right. So I met her, like went home and tried that diet and it didn't work for me. And I remember feeling to myself like, shit, like this person just lost all that weight. They're like me, this diet, it didn't work for me. Like, and I felt even worse about it. And of course they probably went out and got ice cream to feel better or whatever, whatever the scenario was. Well, the reality, that person had a weight loss surgery, Pat. And, uh, and, and just lied and didn't tell me the truth. Well, I went and had a weight loss surgery when I realized it was available. And I went out, I, I looked for leverage and I found that you can have a weight loss surgery called the gastric sleeve. Don't be attached to what gastric sleeve means. All it means is they remove a portion of your stomach. And, um, and that's how I started my journey on December 4th, two years ago. And, um, and I said, like, listen, I'm having this surgery. I'm going drastic. I'm going to see if it'll work. And I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do exactly what the doctor says. And for me, I never really learned how to eat correct. So I would like eat my food really fast. I would not chew it. I would eat the wrong foods. I'd eat the wrong foods at the wrong times. And therefore, my diet was never like in line. Well, by having this surgery, you literally have a portion of your stomach removed. You go under anesthesia. The surgery itself is 45 minutes and it costs $10,000. If you are making $400,000 a year in my book, you don't have the right to be fat. Like you have, you have to go get a surgery like this and you've got to make those changes because of how easy it is. I was literally up and walking two days after I had the surgery. But here's the point. You have the surgery, then you have to start drinking because you can't eat because your stomach can't support that. Then you have to eat baby food, pureed food. Then you have to eat soft food. So these are weeks into eating now. Now you're relearning how to eat. Then, you, then you're eating soft foods. Then you're eating um, you know, uh, more, more dense foods, vegetables, like a hard carrot. Then you can get into like meats. And you gotta watch how much you eat because the, the, the meals, um, if you eat too much, it'll make your stomach hurt. It could make you throw up or whatever. And you got to be careful with what you eat because if you eat a bunch of junk food, then there's no room in this pouch, this smaller stomach you have for protein to get in. And you need protein to build muscle, maintain muscle, do those things. So you start learning about it. Well, that's what I did in terms of, of my weight loss starting. And then I literally went to Orange Theory, which is a very simple group exercise uh, place for 100 days straight. And then once I dominated uh, and felt like I had dominated at Orange Theory and they couldn't challenge me enough, I went to hot yoga. I did hot yoga for 100 days straight. <laughs> then when I was done for that, well, I think here's the, here's the philosophy behind 100 days, Pat. A young man or woman could go into the United States Marine Corps, and in 100 days, they're a Marine. A little bit more, but roughly 100 days. In 100 days, they come out a Marine. They look different, they're in shape, and they speak another language. Well, like, if, if you could become a Marine in roughly 100 days, like, you can change anything in your life in 100 days. So. If I really want to embrace hot yoga, I do hot yoga for 100 days straight. If I really want to embrace, you know, getting in shape, I work out for 100 days straight. And then, and then I've built the habit of doing that. Wow. And now, now it's easier. Whatever that area is in my life, I just do focus on that one thing for 100 days. And somehow people think I'm this crazy accountable person. No, I just recognize <laughs> that 
You just you do one thing a lot, you are, dude. I, I, <laughs> you're definitely a crazy, accountable person. Let's not, let's get that straight. I mean, you, but 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 it's a good thing, right? And it, and it, and that's why you won the pillar, right? Um, the pillar killer. Yeah, I still don't 100 believe that I deserve that. However, that's my own issue, dude. You're accountable. You just yeah. said you're a crazy, accountable person. Wait, well, no, you said other people. Others think. say that. I don't believe that. So anyway, trust so, me. Your question was <laughs> okay. My, my diet consists of mostly whole foods, you know, protein first. I don't drink anything, no alcohol. I didn't really drink before, but no real alcohol. Um, not too much sweets. I still have some sweets and a lot of exercise. I want to exercise every day really hard every day. And that's how I want to start my day by exercising really hard. Level 10 exercise every morning. And I feel like if I exercise at a level 10 every morning, as a result, I won't go towards foods that are unhealthy or easy because of my body feels like I work so hard to get here where I am right now, where I put in all that work this morning, I'm not going to cheat later. However, I find when I don't work out really hard in the morning or don't have a huge goal physically in front of me, that I will, I'm more likely to cheat. So I work out seven days a week really hard. And as you know, that exercise currently is weights and some type of triathlon training. I swim three days a week. I bike two days a week. I run two days a week. I, I average training at least 10 hours minimum a week of exercise. Wow. That's awesome, dude. That is awesome. Okay, so I want to segue right into this because, you know, this interesting thing is happening with the with the brotherhood, and that's, um, you know, we keep getting guys signing up for this that are triathletes. You know, I just interviewed Mark Jackson, who's a brand new member yesterday, uh-huh. and he just completed the Boulder, Colorado Ironman. Right, yeah. he just did his first Ironman, and uh, a year ago he didn't even you know, hadn't even run a race, you know what I mean? So, so, so anyways, and then before that, you know, people like Daniel Lesniak who did the St. George uh, thing with you guys and, and all these people just, uh, you know, started to join. I think we probably have 15 to 20 triathletes. I think we, you should do a, um, Mike McCarthy asked for some breakouts. I don't, uh, you know, at in Steamboat, I don't think you should do a, a breakout on real estate or anything. I think you should do a breakout on triathlons, um, training or something like that. And that's something you can talk about with him. But, but anyways, so what I want to talk to you about is, you know, recently uh, you and Aaron started uh, age-defying health division, and I wanted to get from you what your plans are with that. So perhaps you can recruit some GoBros to start training now and to look forward to 2018. And I know nothing is set in stone, but I want to, uh, you know, just throw out some ideas of what you're thinking about and how you see it forming. Absolutely. Well, the concept here is, is you know, age-defying health. You know, and, and the way you do anything is the way you do everything, right? So if you're an amazing businessman or you've got an amazing relationship at home with your wife, then, then those those rules of success transfer to your physical. I think we don't always make the connection and those physical rules change over to your, to the rest of the areas of your life as well. You know, I had a boxing coach once who said life imitates fighting and fighting imitates life. And I believe that. I believe that our athletic endeavors imitate our life. 
and our life imitates our athletic endeavors. So what we can learn through challenging sporting events um, will translate into all the other areas of our lives and make us better men, husbands, fathers, leaders, all of those things. So I really accepted the honor of being the captain of Go Abundance Racing with Aaron. And, uh, and it's not just a triathlon program. Uh, we're going to do marathons, half marathons, triathlons, um, other uh, Spartan-type races, things like that, where we can just get these badass men out there moving their bodies at a, at a really high level and challenging themselves. And it's not, it's not about you beating Rock Thomas up a mountain, which, by the way, I'm constantly trying to do and haven't successfully won yet. Um, but it's about you being the best version of yourself athletically as well as in business, as well as in relationships and other areas. So as the captain – you know, right now we have on the calendar or, you know, in development, Ironman Hawaii, which is going to be in Hawaii, which is unbelievable in June. It's a half Ironman. So it's a 70.3 race. Um, anyone can really do it. You can learn to do it in six months. You can learn to do it in three months. Um, we're going to have a trainer that's available online for anybody that signs up to do the race that will tell you specifically what to buy, what to do, and when to swim, when to run, how much swimming to run, all of that. That'll be included in the price of, uh, of the trip. We're going to have a badass chef, as we always do. We're going to have masseuses and all those things, and we're going to do the race. But we're also going to do cool stuff in Hawaii at that event. We're also looking at doing, in November, the Disney Marathon here in, uh, in Orlando, Florida, the place I got started with Go Bunnets. And I'm really excited that um, I'm going to be the captain and, and maybe leading that one up because it's a place where I really got my introduction into Go Abundance. I'm going to make a big push to get as many men that I, that I know and care about to that event so they can really take advantage of the transformation that association through a bunch of badasses like Go Abundance can really do for them. And that's, and that's uh, November 18, right? Yeah, that's next year though. Yeah, I like that. And, and you know, a thought on that is, you, you know, I've, I've – I've done four marathons myself, but you know, my knees are bashed. I don't, I don't really run anymore, but I do other things. But you know, what comes to mind for me is relays for, for people that don't want to do the whole thing. You know what I mean? I think we should encourage people to, to, you know, have a four person relay team because they always do at marathons and a half marathon, you know, do the half, do the relay, just come, you know, to be around the, athleticism of the marathon itself well you know everyone in this group is a millionaire at something and their contribution is necessary and uh, even if you know like there's a guy who i think is a, just an unbelievable man in uh, go abundance i don't know know everybody in go abundance but the ones that i have uh cross paths with have always been amazing his name is jack Heyman, and jack shows up at a lot of our triathlons and he's got no desire to do a triathlon but what he does want to do is he wants to support us and love on the guys that are there and be part of it and he's just as much part of Go Abundance Racing as I am because he's a major supporter. He's getting guys moving, shuffling them back and forth, making sure this or that is taken care of. He's cheering for us. You know what? Every time I cross that finish line, Jack crosses with me, with me, as well as my family. So, um, so absolutely, I think that they should be involved. And what's interesting about the Disney Marathon Series is that they actually have an event called the Goofy. And they have another one called the Dopey. And I'm actually doing – um, I'm signed up for the Goofy, but I'm hoping I can get into the, to the Dopey. It fills up really fast. So here's what it is. It's four days. And our house is just going to be down the block from Disney. So the first day, Pat, 5K. So if you, like, are not a big runner and you want to just run your own little race, you can run a 5K. That's all you sign up for. That's all you do. And you'll be part of Go Abundance Racing that week with us. We're going to have other cool stuff we do that week as well. 
But the first day is a 5K, running it through Disney. The second day, which I think is a, uh, which is a Thursday, or uh, sorry, Friday, you run a 10K. So you can run a 10K. Now, you don't have to sign up for the 5K to run the 10K, but you can run 10K all by itself. The third day, which I think is Saturday, is a half marathon, which you can run it individually or as a relay team. Fantastic. And again, you don't have to sign up for any of the races. You can run that separately, or you can run the other two as well. And then the last day, which I think is a Sunday, is the marathon. And uh, that's a 26-mile. You can run that by yourself, or you can, um, you can do that uh, as a relay. Or if you are just wanting to test yourself physically at a super high level, you do all four. And that's what I'm doing. I'm running to 5K one day, 10K the next day, half marathon the next day, and then the full marathon the last day. And I'm doing that this year, hopefully. I'm signed up for the half marathon and the full marathon now, but I'm looking to get the other two added on. And then I'm going to do the uh, – next year, I'm going to do all four with the group. That's awesome, dude. Um, so uh, one thing, please put Mark Schwager in there. Uh, I can speak on his behalf. He will do the dopey. He will do all four. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, that sounds real fun. I'm going to put um, – I'm going to put that on my list to be like helping out with Jack or maybe doing a relay for sure. So we need to wrap this up, Dan. Uh, we have a brand new question and that is, um, you know, it stems from the viral Facebook post that went out on Go Bundance Elite. Not sure if you saw it where, you know, uh, Mario was uh, trying to skimp out on one of his commitments and uh, Mark made him eat dog food. So that is the new GoBundance question, Dan Grieb. What are you willing to commit to on this podcast that if you don't do, you will publicly eat dog food? Wow. Great question. You know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an answer on this now. However, I think my pod and those that are close to me in GoBundance uh, may, may challenge me to something more. And, and my answer is I'm going to buy, buy five more investment properties this year and, I will, um, and I'll get my body weight down to 190 pounds. Okay. This, is 2000, this, is, this is 2018. You're going to buy five properties in 2018 and your body weight at one point in 2018 will be 190 pounds. And if you don't do that in the year 2018, you will eat dog food publicly at the January 2019 event. Correct? Absolutely. Boom. You, hear, you heard it here first, guys. Dan, I got to run. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and uh, look forward to getting together with you in January. Yes, sir. My pleasure. And I'm um, you know, extremely thankful for what GoBundance is, what GoBundance has done. And if there's any brothers that really are struggling in physical or just really not understanding the value proposition of GoBundance, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an elder. I don't get paid for anything of it. I just understand the value in it and consider myself a leader here. If you have any questions, reach out to me personally about personal issues or, or um, business, and I'll be happy to help you. Thanks, Dan. My pleasure. God bless you. Grab life big.